Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Before he answers, I don't even like this line of questioning. <laughs> it just sounds like a police interview. What's good? What's going on? It's another episode of DX Daily, the podcast where we keep you up to date on everything that goes down in hip-hop music culture. It's brought to you by the good people at Hip Hop DX, and I am one of your lovely hosts, Asia Sky. And I'm your other host, A-Dub. It's a brand new day. It's Tuesday, and the elusive Frank Ocean is back with new episodes of his Apple Music radio show called Blonded Radio. Also, Omarion is coming out with a brand new documentary addressing all of the drama that went down with B2K back in the day and meek mill has parted ways with rock nation management after 10 years a couple of things to get into but before we do please subscribe to the podcast please follow the podcast on all streaming platforms thank you you know we appreciate it now let's get down to it so frank ocean is back it's always a rare occasion to be celebrated when we get a frank ocean sighting this is not a common thing. He doesn't pop up often. He doesn't put out music often, doesn't appear on video or audio often. So now to hear that Blonded Radio is back, that's something that a lot of people are excited about. Yeah, definitely so, because that's so true. When people see Frank Ocean in public, like it, like that, they take a video of it, it goes viral. People want to know what this man's doing. He doesn't pop out a lot. Um, we talked about him getting into like his directing into the movie bag and things like that a couple episodes ago. But as far as music or anything like that, it has been nothing. So um, it's the 10th anniversary of his debut album, Channel Orange. That was on Sunday. And so that's when these episodes came out as he was celebrating it. So it was like the revival of Blonded Radio. And in addition to that, he also released a new line of merch. So... Seems to be Frank Ocean getting back out there, I would say. Yeah, Apple Music put out a press release and they said it's a series oriented on how to change your mind. So that alone intrigued me. Like, okay, I want to change my mind. How do, how do I change my mind? And then that's when we see the first episode of the show. It's called Blonded Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So I'm like, okay, is Frank Ocean about to be taking LSD on here? Is he going on a trip? What is he doing? And then you find out that he's interviewing the psychologist named Dr. James Foderman, who is known as the father of microdosing. And this is like a 35-minute interview over an instrumental that's actually scored by Frank Ocean. So very artistic, creative, trying to unlock new layers in your mind type of thing going on here. Um, and then the second interview was called Blonded Energy. Again, great title. Like, what is Blonded Energy? And then that mm -hmm. one also features an instrumental scored by Frank Ocean. And then he has a conversation with Chinese teacher master Ming Tong Gu about self-realization and the healing practice of Qigong. So I understand why they're saying this is a series about how to change your mind just because of the uniqueness of these interviews. Like it's not his friends, his homies. It's just like people you wouldn't expect. But then again, you would expect it because it's Frank Ocean. So <laughs> definitely uh, these interviews piqued my curiosity. Yeah, definitely so, because 
Yeah, I would have thought if he did like um an Apple, another Apple episode, it would be with like, you know, maybe somebody he's working with musically and things like that. But I kind of like that he picked these, I wouldn't say random people because they're definitely not random, but definitely people that I don't know of and probably are expertises in their field. So I think it's pretty dope what he did. And another thing that came to light throughout this these interviews is that Frank Ocean has been working out in Malibu. So he said he was working in Malibu this summer and he would go into the studio super late or whatever and there would be coyotes in Malibu and he would go outside and he would see like bunnies running around and he was just describing the effect that seeing all of that had on him and hopefully we're getting all that mystical, magical wonder inside of the music, this new music that Frank Ocean is working on. That was a big takeaway for me, the fact that he is actually in the studio, grinding it out and working on this new music. Because as we know, you never know when you're going to get a new Frank Ocean song. Could be five years, could be 10 years, could be 15 for all we know when it comes to Frank Ocean. So just glad to hear that he's working on new music. Yeah, same here with all the artists that have kind of came back in 2022. I feel like Frank Ocean has to put something out this year because we've had Kendrick we've had Nikki we've had all these other artists that are big with some new music Frank Ocean definitely is included in that category so he should drop something definitely and as far as the merch drop goes it includes a collection of white and black blonded radio logo t-shirts the words on the t-shirt say post radio quality since 2017 and of course that's when blonde first launched and then he's also putting out a double-sided channel orange poster yeah and all of these items are available on his official website so if you want to grab any of those for the 10th anniversary if they're not sold out already you can go over to frank ocean's website for that so yeah that's exciting though 10 years of channel orange uh, what's our favorite songs off the channel off Channel Orange? Pyramids, no question, man. I feel like that's number one. That should be ranked number one off top. I mean, I gotta go with Thinking About You. I forgot that was on there. Thinking About You was such a classic, so I'm gonna go with that one. Sweet and Pink Matter, I'll do that one. Yeah, Pink yeah, Matter yeah, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. That's that's good. Pyramids, Thinking About You, Pink Matter, Sweet Life for me, definitely mm. Sweet Life. Super Rich Kids, uh, the the whole project. If we're being honest. <laughs> The whole project, Bad Religion, yeah, all of that, man. That That's a classic, man. He should have dropped a new project for the 10th anniversary, honestly. Like, that would have been the perfect time. Who knows if what he's working on out in Malibu is going to be done in the next uh, however many years. But if he could have dropped something on that on Sunday, on this actual anniversary for Channel Orange, that would have been such a full circle moment. But I know whatever he drops next is going to be very compelling. Maybe he can drop it on the anniversary of Blonde instead. All right, well, now let's move on to Omarion because he had revealed that he has a new documentary on the way, and he said he's going to be spilling the tea on everything that went down with his group, B2K. And he even did an interview on TMZ to discuss what all the documentary is going to entail. This thing didn't go well. The tour, I mean, there were, there were the a lot of... Itself it, I mean, the tour did, itself did. The tour itself did fine. But the interpersonal the, the, the interpersonal drama was difficult. Um, you're a really chill guy, um, but you could understand why you might harbor a grudge there or some bad feelings. Before he answers, I don't even like this line of questioning. <laughs> like, it just sounds like right. a police interview. Like, all right, you and these guys didn't get along too well, did you? It just sounds like a, a cop asking questions. Anyway, <laughs> here's what Omarion had to say in response to that. Do you just kind of let it go? And if you do, I think it would be a nice lesson for everybody to understand how you do that. <laughs> well, um, 
we call that being unbothered. Okay. Let me just break it all right. down. Okay. Being unbothered, um, you know, it just means that you don't give someone else your power and you decide how to respond instead of reacting, you know, um, reacting to everything can be a disadvantage, you know, because it's thoughtless and it doesn't serve you. So, uh, standing up for yourself during, during challenging times is like essential to staying centered and maintaining your peace. So, this is a great opportunity for me to uh, just give, you know, my public and my fans, everyone that's watching me, even context to the verses, everything that has happened thus far, I've never spoken on. So this, this docu uh, really encapsulates, you know, my truth and my perspective. So I feel like we're misinterpreting the word unbothered here. Like unbothered, I thought that meant you didn't care. Like you're not bothered by it. If you're making a documentary about it, I feel like you were bothered by it. You didn't you may not have reacted or overreacted, but not overreacting doesn't mean you're not bothered by something. At least that's what I believe the definition of that to be. But by Omarion's definition, not being bothered means that you are going to come out with a documentary discussing your side of the story years after the whole thing happens. So is that really unbothered? You decide. Yeah, exactly. Because... I would have thought he would have just left it alone, let the internet say what it wants to say. But it seems like this documentary is only coming out in a way to make Amarion look good or uh, shed some better light on Amarion. I don't know if either after the versus battle or things that went on with all the members throughout the past couple of years of the Millennium Tour and their little back and forth on social media. Um, but it was interesting to know at the end of that, he was saying how... Um, he was the last member to come into the group B2K and he felt like they already had some type of synergy and how it always felt within the scope of his career that he never had their support, which was kind of interesting because we all looked at Amarion as the lead singer and for him to feel like it was still a struggle or he never really felt supported is also interesting, but the whole unbothered doesn't match with what's going on here. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, me either. I, I don't think I'm buying the Unbothered Act anymore. I don't think I am, but I am mm -hmm. interested in seeing this docu-series. It's going to be called Omega, The Gift and the Curse. Even mm -hmm. that title is not Unbothered. It's very mysterious. It's very like, oh, let me let you in on everything that's happening, the bad side and the good side of it all, um, which if you were unbothered by the bad side, you'd just be showing us you in the studio making new music. You'd be telling us about the group and uh, your rise and how you came from wherever it is that you came from. Like, I don't know. It just it doesn't sound that unbothered to me. Uh, and then. I guess his other group members felt the same way because Raz B shared an email from the group's attorney that revealed Omarion was no longer even a part of B2K. Yeah, it's just, it's been a really rocky, tumultuous relationship between he and the group over the years. In fact, in Raz B's post, he said, Omarion, you've been out the group, bruh. It's amazing how you think everybody with you. Chris Brown didn't even come out on your last LA set. The industry talks, little man. Hmm. Ooh. I want to see. I want to hear the Raz B doc too, because what? Because what else she got to say? This whole situation is a hot mess. Omari, um, out if you're truly unbothered, just move on. If you're not, I'm still gonna be watching the documentary anyway. So <laughs> that's my <laughs> thoughts on it. All right, now let's talk about Meek Mill, somebody else that has a lot going on right now. He has decided to split with Rock Nation after 10 years of them managing him. And a lot of people had a lot of different things to say about this because, you know, Rock Nation is, of course, owned by Jay-Z. 
Jay-Z is like a mentor to Meek Mill. Jay-Z has been so instrumental in Meek Mill's career and life as a whole. So people are like, are you not messing with Hove now? Like, what's the situation here? Yeah, so Meek Mill took the Twitter once the news came out and basically was saying how um, the reports are true and explained that he's still on great terms with Jay-Z and that this whole split with Rock Nation was about him growing as an artist independently on the management side. So he said, I'm personally handling my own business so I can take risk and grow. We came to that agreement together. He says, I have a label deal with Rock for my artists and I got reformed super tied with them and many other investments with Jigga. So all is good, but it's interesting that he just left Rock Nation, what, after 10 years, it said? So Mm. sometimes all is well, but all is not well. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that their relationship is torn to the degree that they're not speaking or they, they got beef or anything like that. But I'm saying if everything was great, you'd still be with the, <laughs> you'd still be with Rock Nation. So don't sell us, oh, it was smooth sailing. Meek Mill has been very vocal in the past about feeling like his record label was stifling him and not promoting his project all the way and disagreeing to a degree where of how his career and his music was being handled. And he also complained about financial situations in recent years. This is not just super duper long ago. Now, um, when he was clarifying on Twitter, he also brought up his label MMG and um, his issues with Atlantic and Rock Nation, how they fit into all of that, too. He said, and Rock Nation is my family. Don't mix my post aimed at Atlantic mixed up with Rock or MMG. They ain't stopped nothing I'm doing. We made 100 M's together and Dez, Mike, and Hove saved my life before and put a lot of energy into it. I'm not behind on my favors in life with my people. I'm good. Yeah, okay, so <laughs> clears it up, but doesn't all, all the way clear it up for me. Like, I, I get it. The label, Beak feels as though the label was the issue. Well, now that the label is out the way, we're going to see if they, they were really standing in the way of Meek getting all the things that he's looking for right now. But I just... On the management side of things, Meek Mill, like, managing himself, does he have the time to do that? Does he have the, the, the time? I think Meek, more than anything, needs a good, strong team right now. Like, I don't think it's time, it's the point in Meek's career for him to be like, oh, yeah, I'm about to be running everything myself and being the artist and the performer and managing other people because he has his own label, as he said, with Rock Nation. Like, I don't know if it's the time for, for Meek to be taking on everything into his own hands. But, hey, if if you want to take charge over your career and your life, I don't see it as a, a bad thing, but I see it as adding a ton of responsibility on your plate when maybe the energy might be best applied elsewhere. But that's just my personal opinion on it. I mean, yeah, I would say the same thing because – Granted, like, if you have Rock Nation as your management and, you know, I bet they have all these connections and plugs and things like that, it probably helped Meek Mill a lot through the past couple of years. And then you kind of just want to go on your own route and try to handle your own thing. That's going to be one pretty impressive if he does continue to, you know, excel as his own management. But also, like, that's got to be a little struggle if, like, it is just you by yourself in a way. So I'm curious to see how it does play out. I hope it does well for Meek Mill. But, I mean, ain't nothing like having some help or having someone else manage you, especially when you're so busy yourself. So we'll see. Yep, we'll see if we keep seeing Meek Mill and Jay-Z out and about together. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, at these games and all at these events and everything like that, you know, I haven't seen Meek post a, a, a pic on the Puma jet in a minute. <laughs> I haven't seen him post a pic at the, at the brunch or anything. Um, I'm sure he'll be there, though. But we'll see. 
We'll see if that relationship is the same because you sever those business ties. That's saying something. That's saying this wasn't working out or we didn't get the money I needed or uh, I don't trust you. This that's it, It's saying something. And even though, you know, Hove seems pretty much cool as a cucumber, cool as a fan, like I don't think he would show it outwardly, but that does put something in the back of someone's mind. So I'm going to be watching this relationship. I'm, I'm so conspiracy-minded. I'm like, hmm, can't be that simple. There's got to be more to it. So I'm going to be looking, watching, and waiting on this Meek Mill situation. Right. Okay. Got to. Right. I think that's a good note to end on. That is going to conclude today's episode of DX Daily. As always, subscribe to this podcast on all streaming platforms. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Hip Hop DX. And be sure to follow us on all of our socials. That's our Instagram, our Twitter, and our TikTok, which is Hip Hop DX. Yep, you can follow us as well. I am at Asia Sky on all platforms. And I'm at A Dub on everything, too. All right, we will see you tomorrow with more daily news. See ya.